Well, hello, darlings, and happy, happy Thursday, day of Jupiter, expansion and wisdom and abundance. I hope that you are okay today in whatever space you need to be. I just send you love uh, in the ethers. And I'm sitting here on my bed with my, with old mate, who is my little amethyst skull, candle wax dripped all over him, rainbows everywhere. Amethyst, the stone of humility. Very important stone that I have actually channeled for one of the 2024 crystals and very connected to the, to the soul star chakra, which will be activated as the eighth chakra um, come next year, 2024, which is an eight collective year. So this year in 2023, we have been in that crown, crown chakra, which of course is also amethyst. We can move up and still use um, and work with St. Germain in a way of that flame of truth, that flame of power, that flame of love, that flame of connection and work with that soul star chakra next year, which look, I'm, I'm recording my 2024 panel at the moment and I've, there is some epic information being shared that will be out on my YouTube channel uh, in December. It's free. And it is something that I do annually where I gather people that I love and value and respect and in the community and in this industry. Um, and we we share and froth on rad things that are happening in 2024. I mean, ultimately, you know, my, my 2024 kit's already out. So I've already covered, you know, lots of these things and, and knew that there were things that um, I wanted to, to dive into. But in the in the in the kit, you know, I'm talking about, you know, liquid crystals and Chinese astrology, numerology and just, you know, it's just, you know, there's obviously oracle spreads. It's just divine. And I'm on my last few boxes of the 2024 energy survival kit. So if you've still been thinking about it and contemplating it, um, jump in like, well, I actually don't know what you're waiting for. Like it is something that is a resource and an incredible companion that you can work with for an entire 12 months. Like it doesn't just go out of date. Like you are working with it for 12 solid months, months by month by month, Mercury retrograde spreads, solstice and equinox spreads, you know, things that you can tap in weekly, daily, monthly overviews, all the things and really set your year up with intention and dedication and read all of the great information. I mean, I have been saying that it's probably the best landed wisdom that I think I've ever accessed um I'm having some pretty amazing transits and and yeah the channeling for this and the weaving of stories which is a big part of my palace Athena in in Gemini in the ninth house where I can tune in to the universal codes and threads and line things up match things weave things in a story and a web where it might be very fractured for most people. I mean, if we think of uh, Athena, Pallas Athena, you know, she was born from her father's head, Zeus's head. She is a motherless daughter. And I really relate to her. I think if you've got Pallas in Gemini, there's something there because, of course, Gemini is ruled by the mind. So um, I was listening to a podcast. Um, I'm just being like frothing podcasts um, daily and yeah listening to the story of palace and, and you know and and being born from her father's head 
And then, of course, if you've got Pallas in Gemini, it's sort of because, you know, she's all about that intellectual wisdom. I mean, there was so much said on this on this podcast that related to me, the the motherless daughter, which, of course, a mother birthed me. However, um, you know, she also birthed me and gave me up. And my father, who has a Gemini moon, he took me on. Um, so I've always felt, even with a birth mother and a stepmother growing up, I would always you know, and have always felt like a motherless daughter. And of course, I get gifted three daughters to really anchor into that. So, you know, the fact that she was born from the mind shows her intellect and the ninth house where my palace is, is all around, again, those synchronistic universal codes and being able to map them out. And so that's what I do in my kit. I mean, this is how I live my entire life. Like my kit is really just an extension of what I've been actually living and all of the tools and wisdoms and things that I have been doing for over 20 years. And I just love to share that. So, you know, like I said, there's a few boxes left. I'm not doing another order. I'm flying overseas for Christmas. So um, it will all be just posted out before Christmas. So jump in, darlings. It's the best investment. It really is. And, you know, again, shout out to my community who supports this every single year by purchasing a copy. You know, it's it's because of you that I can keep making them and ordering them and, and doing that. So thank you so much. And so the extension of this is my 2024 panel where I do gather, you know, incredible people to riff and chat about uh, 2024 energies. So we've got a numerologist, we've got a Chinese astrologer who I spoke to yesterday and I'm still in froth mode from that um, and other astrologers as well. So it's it's a great resource that, yeah, I highly recommend diving into. Um, and whew, I mean, we are in such big times and, you know, there's some really interesting correlations and that's getting back to my amethyst skull that I'm holding in my hand he's very very wise and he's uh you know this is the crystal of Saint Germain and also the crystal of humility and something that we are accessing in our crown chakra but again will be really amplified uh in our soul star chakra next year which you can really activate as well with diamond say for example especially in the liquid crystals um and so we're getting a really big preview to 2024 in a couple of ways so on a Chinese level I'm not going to go too deep into it I do highly recommend watching that video um, that YouTube when I come out so make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel because they will all be released and of course if you're subscribed to my website I'll send an email out um, so so do that get on that so you don't miss the release and then you know that will take you through you know there's like a good I don't know how many people I've got on this year maybe nine possibly ten Maybe I, I can't remember, but you know, and we're all around an hour each. Like we, when I first started this, it was like let's just chat for twenty minutes, and then there was a few astrologers that there's no way we could chat for twenty minutes. It would always be forty minutes to sixty, and now I'm just like carve out an hour, you know, and get get into it. So they're long, they're long um, episodes, and long interviews which are so rich and full of dates and information and and tools to help you navigate 2024 and so October from my Chinese astrology um, astrologer and dear friend Renee um, you know she's a feng shui on a, a, a you know on a real level you know she's not feng shui taught from the books you know it's not about the jade plants and the you know the the things that we're all told which we are you know I, I I've you know been following that sort of very superficial feng shui since my 20s but Renee is the person who has been taught by masters 
and what she teaches isn't in books. And so she, you know, does these beautiful house things and she is working with proper Chinese astrology. So not just that, you know, uh, year, month and hour, you know, if you are working with Chinese astrology, it's similar to, um, you know, there's a there's an element that's similar to Western, which is your sun, moon rising. And it's the same with Chinese astrology. You're not just the year of whatever, like you've got to look at what month you're born and what um, hour you're born. So, I, for example, I am the year of the rooster, but I am the month of the snake and the the um, hour of the monkey. So, you know, again, you get more of more in tune to to a deeper part of that. But then, even that, it goes a lot further than that. Of course, it's got the elements, all the five elements. It's got certain branches and pillars, and there's so much to it. And so, Renee is just incredible. So, that is one you don't want to miss. But anyway, what she was sharing with me yesterday was October being the year, um, the month of the dog. So, if you're born in October, you are the month of the dog. Um, so, and I have shared quite a lot of the Chinese stuff when it comes to um, months and things like that within my 2024 kit because it's become really prevalent in a way that I live and navigate. So, I have actually shared a little bit of that, not like you know constantly, but I have sort of dropped in those little bits and bits and pieces in my monthly overviews. Um, so she was sharing that this is the year of the dog, um, the month of the dog that we're in now, which is October 2023, as I'm recording this. And she said that this is a full reflection of what the dragon year will be. Now, that's probably going to shatter quite a lot of people. And when you listen to her um, explain this, it also is a very big wake up call. Let me tell you. So my very um, anchored in mythological connection to the year of the dragon, where, of course, I research and things like that. But also it's a very felt experience. You know, I'm talking about dragon medicine. Um, and I am talking about traits of the dragon, which doesn't necessarily translate into exactly how everything's going to play out. I mean, that's impossible. It's just like saying that with the sun in Scorpio every month, it will be the same every single year when the sun's in Scorpio. That's that's ridiculous. And she goes into the roots of the things. And so, you know, she is talking that, you know, look at what's happening in October. I mean, on a micro level, hearing that might ruffle some people or hearing that might liberate some people. For me personally, I've had an incredible October. Eclipse season for me has been amazing. Yes, there have been tears. Yes, there have been the brutality and the heartache. There has also just been exquisite presence and joy that I'm reveling in. And maybe you have caught my Instagram post um, from this morning that I popped out um, all around silence and watching and being discerning and you know, the white noise on social media, the segregation and all the things. It's just been percolating for a few months. So this isn't just coming off the back of this month, just to let everyone know. It's got nothing to do with anything that's really happening um, right now. It's more a culmination of really staying silent this year, which again, hello, that's what I said this year was about, shutting the fuck up. And, and as I say all the time, I get the duality. I talk every week. But the thing is, is that like I was sharing in my post today, just around the, you know, the projections and the aggression and the you versus me and the segregation and what's going on. So I shared a little bit of my heart this morning. And as I shared, it, you know, if it doesn't land, that's OK. Like, let it go. Like why people get wrapped up and warped up in something that they don't agree with. And then they're just on that train and they're just so hyper focused on something that doesn't land for them beyond me you know like I see a shitload of stuff that I do not agree with from people that I love slash respect 
And you know what I do? I just keep on fucking moving because I'm living my life. I am present. I choose happiness. I choose gratitude. And this has just been, you know, this is very normal for me. This isn't because it's hip and it's in and, you know, there's a million books about it now. This has just been the way I've always been in my life. Um, And so, so October is going to reflect all of the dragon year which is quite unnerving and it is and when you hear this conversation we talk about politics war um it's it's pretty intense and this all has to do with the dog and the dragon who don't get along um so very fascinating stuff that Renee actually shares and this month also is giving us a preview into 2024 because I actually channeled amethyst for a 2024 crystal, which again, you know, amethyst is a very overlooked crystal because it's very common, but usually the most common crystals are what we need the most. And, you know, back in my heydays, you know, when I was really young, you know, I've been working with crystal magic for a long, long time. I've been programming my cells and the waters and my molecular structure with crystals well before the liquid crystals was even a thing. And look, and that's not dissing the liquid crystals. I fucking love the liquid crystals. I love Justin. I love his work. He's a magician. He's an alchemist. He's a beautiful Capricorn man that I have a lot of respect for. Um, And when I learned about the liquid crystals, I was like, shit, man, I was fucking doing this in my 20s because one of my other Capricorn teachers, he taught me how to do this. So shout out to you, Trevor. You know, I have incredible Capricorn men who are my guiding lights, who are my teachers. And interestingly enough, getting back to the palace situation here is that, and I'm, you know, and I'm not a, like a mythology expert and I'm like, fuck, does palace, was she born from, is it Zeus? I'm pretty sure Zeus is her father. Again, if you know more than me, that's awesome. Um, and I apologize if I haven't said the story right. You know, like I said, I'm not like a mythology expert, but I do work with these goddesses very, very closely. Um, but sometimes, yeah, I fucking make a mistake because I'm a human. Um, but really interesting when I was really listening um, to these Jungian um, psychologists talk about um, myth and, you know, Athena and, and Pallas Athene and pa- Pallas Athene, Pallas Athene, you know, it's, it's the same girl here. Um, but being born from that, that the wisdom, you know, she's intellectual. She will battle you with wisdom. Um, she also isn't very fond of women and we know that because she chopped off, you know, she, um, you know, she turned Medusa into, um, hello, the snake, you know, snake goddess because Medusa, um, and Poseidon went into her palace and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a very big deep dive at the moment into psychology and mythology and things at the moment. And it's just a big part of my 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 practice right now and the medusa stuff is really really strong for me because if you don't already know i have venus exactly conjunct medusa um which is algol um in in astrology and i have a very incredible container coming next year so 2024 so this year i had my lilith container which was fucking mind-blowing it was just it changed the way i live um, and then next year I'll be doing a Medusa um, because um, Uranus actually hits Algol um, for a long time. It is going to be a very, very interesting year. Um, so I want to plug into that and help, you know, and, and talk about Medusa, especially because I've experienced, um, you know, because I have a very strong connection to her. And then in 2025, when we're in that year of the snake, uh, I will do my bespoke Lilith container again because um, uh, 
Lilith will be in Scorpio, which is not only where my Lilith is, so I'll be having my Lilith return, but also Lilith is the snake. I mean, she's many things, but she is she is the snake. Hello, Adam and Eve, the snake lured Eve to eat the apple. Lilith is the snake. So really sort of, you know, fundamentally fascinating things there. But ultimately, all of this, psycho you know, psychology and mythology and stuff is here for me. It's very present. But ultimately, um, yes, Athena obviously was not happy that um, Medusa and Poseidon, even though Poseidon raped Medusa, but there's also, um, you know, myth myths of that it was consensual. Either way, she didn't deserve what she got and she got that and that was through another woman doing that to another woman. So it's a very interesting, um, a very interesting, you know, rabbit hole that I'm diving into with a lot of these these concepts and 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 the reflection and how we live those out in our own psyche and if you have got strong asteroid or fixed star connections in your chart like strong we don't all have them strong and that's okay we're all going to see those facets at some points but we can't force ourselves to go oh because you know Medusa's so strong and someone else's and algos I need it to be for me no that's just not how astrology works you can't make something happen that it's not you know you know these they're strong in certain people because that's a part of their journey that's a part of their path just like other people have different strong signatures that I don't have or that you don't have because we all chose this before we come here so the interesting thing around Pallas is that she actually, you know, really gelled more with men. And I find that very interesting because even growing up, like, you know, when I was in my youth, I had a lot of crone women. And again, I'm, you know, I'm learning about the hag and I'm learning about how older women, oh my God, I'm going on so many tangents today. Um, it's just that I've got so much, you know, rummaging, but I've had so many people like asking me all the questions on my Instagram, like, what are you listening to? What's going on? Tell me all the things. So here I am telling you all the things anyway. So I'm learning about the hag and the crone. And of course, that's not just an age thing because for some women, it takes them until menopause to really understand who they are. But for others, him, me, I don't have to get to that point. I'm not saying that portal for me isn't going to be absolutely incredibly like a rite of passage because we know that menopause is, but everyone reaches their their space at cert, at different ages. And this is what this psychologist um, and this analyst, um, not only is she Jungian, but she like is deeply steeped in myth and, um, you know, grew up in England and has got all the books and she talks about the hag and the crone and she's amazing. So, so she's like some, some people, you know, early in their lives, will have a lot of older women mentor them. And that's that's that was my life. Like I'm 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 not the typical 20-year-old. I've got a child and I'm deeply spiritual. I want to go and see Louise Hay and Wayne Dyer and go on manifesting abundance retreats with Brandon Bays. Like that's what interested me. Not too many 20-year-olds were interested in that. I wanted to do affirmations, meditation, vision boards. I wanted to walk in nature. I wanted to I that was that this has just been my life for so long. And most 20-year-olds aren't interested. I was the youngest in the room pretty much in every single thing I did for a solid, I would say, nearly 10 years because back then it wasn't as easy. There was no social media. You had to go and sort out these things. You had to go and buy hundred and something dollar tickets. You know, I was a single mum. you know, I, I didn't have an abundance of money, but I had an abundance of money at the same time. I've never had money issues. But the thing is, is though, is that, 
this was just normal for me. And so in my 20s, most of my friends were my parents' age um, with their own children who sometimes they were my age. So um, that is who I learnt from. So the crone and integrity that I have for older women, um, especially if they've done work and they're an integrity because it's not every single older woman um, has done the work. You know, some are still bringing up things that happened five years ago, 10 years ago, they still live in trauma. They still live in those loops and they haven't been able to break free from that. And that's okay. You know, again, it's, this is not a judgment. This is just life. You know, a lot of people will live in the past their whole lives. And anyway, what I'm trying to say is I've been listening to some fucking rad shit that has brought up, as you can tell, a lot of stuff for me. You know, it's been really fundamentally changing. Like this year has changed me. I am not the same person I was. My work isn't the same. The way I process things isn't the same. Things have changed so much for me. The way I, you know, look at charts, the way I work with people, even the way I respond to friends and whatever's going on. I This year has been very quiet for me and I've watched and I've watched a lot of things unfold that, you know, if I was to actually speak of them honestly, you know, and and bring up names in the community, you would be quite blown away at what I've witnessed, what I've heard and what I've seen happen. I have no need to do that. That doesn't serve me and it doesn't serve you. It's not it's not about that. It's just about in in silence is power. Hello, um, Stuart Wilde, <laughs> you know, the book Silent Power, you know, it's a book that I had on my shelf from 20 years old and it is and in and in silence can be power. Yes, in advocation and um, rallying also can be power. I'm not saying one or the other, and that is exactly what my post is about today. It's not about just one way and the other way. Silence doesn't equal you don't care, and loud doesn't equal you do care. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's not. It's not just. It's not just them and us or me and you. And that's sort of what I was sharing a little bit in my post today. Like the segregation is quite wild out there, and everyone's missing the point. Everyone's missing everything else in between where we want to use our own emotional intelligence and autonomy and, you know, face the brutality of life, but also then face the fucking beauty of life as well. Like what is getting me through is that I am fucking alive. I am alive every single day. I see the sun. I see the magnolia. I see my children. I pat my cat. I look at the sunrise. I look at the sunset. I see that like these things to me bring me awe every single day. And I think maybe, you know, that's what keeps me balanced. I don't know. I don't have the answer for that, but that maybe that's it. Um, anyway, I've gone on about all the things and I've, uh, you know, we know that I've got a time limit on my, my bloody podcast. So um, I better get to what I actually wanted to share. But what is really cool is, 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 is that... October, well, it's not cool. I mean, on a micro, it depends on where you're at this this eclipse season. I do feel like most people I know, excuse me, the majority, um, you know, even people who aren't astrologers and just everyone sharing the intensity of this eclipse season. Again, I'm not sure if they even know where it is in their chart, but they like to jump on bandwagons and sort of like poke and prod the bear. Um, for me personally, you know, this is quite at a big eclipse season for me and I have not felt more present, devoted, aligned, content and still tears will come. Um, but there's such a deep, deep, steeped peace. And, you know, I hope that 
not only do you do you experience that in your life, but I hope that that's possibly something that you feel could be success in your life, you know, whilst everyone's still chasing these, you know, things and, you know, pumping their egos up over on, on, on socials and telling everyone, you know, how much they make and what they're doing and all the bazillion things that they do every five seconds. I hope that in quietness you can actually find peace and success and that that inner stability means more than any sort of outer facade or or external validation. That's my hope for, for you. That's my hope for a society. Um, and so with October being a reflection of all of 2024, um, the year of the dragon, I mean, that's going to really bring up a lot of stuff for some people. I think, again, like I said, micro, how has October been for you? Macro, we know what's going on in the world. Okay, so we can't turn a blind eye to that. We have to face that and keep facing that. Um and ultimately, it's it's quite significant with some of the other things that she has said. Now, the other little piece to this, when I'm getting back to the amethyst, is the humility. But amethyst is the crystal that is happening on this full moon eclipse. So the full moon eclipse here in Brisbane is um, on the 29th. So this Sunday morning at 6.25am at five degrees of Taurus. Now, the day is amethyst day. So we have four days a year that are that are ruled by amethyst. So this is really potent for me because we're going to really feel something on that day. I mean, we can't not. Um, it could be joy. I mean, it could be exhilaration. It could be exhaustion. It could be tears. It could be whatever it is for you, you know, for me, it's, you know, the eclipse itself is the ritual lean into mother nature, especially being a Taurus, a Taurus eclipse. Okay. So, so I I find it very fascinating (laughs) that in this month alone, there's sort of a preview and, and I didn't even know about this whole month of the dog thing, um, reflecting, reflecting, um, next year, the dragon year, the entire year. Like I had no idea about that. Um, you know, I'm doing all of my my work around the full moon eclipse and yes, it's Amethyst Day and, and yes, I've already channeled Amethyst for next year. So very, very fascinating sort of that October is a bit of a mirror, okay? So I asked you to sit with that. Like, you know, I asked you to sit in that and to lean into that because this is this is going to be really, really quite interesting, okay? Um, so, 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 To prep you for this full moon, I mean, firstly, we've got to remember, of course, that this is the full completion that that, you know, Stranger Things portal being closed before it opens again in another, you know, nine to 10 years when we have the north node move into um, Scorpio and the south node move into Taurus. But at the moment, you know, we are at the finality. You know, this is the this is the last song this is the encore you know this is when the band comes back for the last song this is it this is the final countdown and from the 29th through till mid um early to mid um november we're still in that purge of that that purge portal because the moon reaches her you know culminates she's a full moon eclipse on the 29th and then she is going to wane which again is purging and releasing and I know for myself and what I've seen around is that the first week of this eclipse portal has felt very different to this second week. And of course, the first week was um, Libra and then we move into the second week, which is Scorpio. And we can feel the difference. It's visceral. It, 
there are emotions and I think that that's very healthy. Make sure you're doing somatic work. Make sure you're moving your body and it doesn't have to be big, heavy, weightlifting, going crazy stuff. And interestingly enough, Renee, the astrologer was talking about next year with the elements and you'll hear all about that um, in my panel um, that actually for next year with the liver chi stagnation um, and the lack of fire in the branches um, of the Chinese astrology when it comes to the elements, you know, it's actually not going to be conducive to be doing these, you know, fuck off workouts, you know, and it's really weird because in total alignment, I gave up F45 and I was thinking, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to go back, but now I've, you know, really moved into something a lot more yin. I do miss lifting weights, but I'll sort my way around that. But, um, you know, it's not like F45 was just lifting weights anyway. It was very aerobic. Um, you know, I do like just lifting. Um, anyway, so so interesting, you know, again to this somatic invitation now is to be moving the body. It's very visceral. It's in Taurus, the fixed earth sign, the most earthiest, earthiest, earthiest sign of them all. Just think about the, the planets, um, uh, the, the modalities that rule each of the other earth signs, darlings. You know, Taurus is fixed earth. She is Pachamama herself. And I, I, see, I see Taurus and Cancer being the real earthy Pachamama signs. And everything else, of course, is an extension of that. But you know, for me, cancer is the earth mother and she nurtures, she, you know, feeds. And then Taurus is that, you know, that, that stable, you know, the earth of the great mother, you know? So, um, when you look at Capricorn, that's a cardinal earth sign. So that's more, you know, pioneering in a way of taking initiative and being the leader and, you know, building and getting the money and the resources, which all earth signs are, of course, you know, they are all around resources, money. The three earth signs are very important. They're, they're things we actually need to survive. Food, water, stability, shelter, money, you know, like they are the three signs that hold everything together. Um, and yeah, but then we look at Virgo and Virgo is ruled by Mercury and is a mutable sign, you know? So again, there's something that's very ethereal about Virgo, you know, they're very in their mind. And again, we look at the planets, you know, Venus is ruled by Taurus. Um, uh, I mean, you know, Taurus is ruled by Venus and we see Venus as a star, just like we see Mercury and then Capricorn's ruled by Saturn. Anyway, you, you can keep going with the layers of how this is. So we know that this Taurus Venus ruled eclipse is closing out a really big portal. Um, Venus is currently in Virgo, which is so beautiful. And of course, we've got Pluto in Capricorn. So there's a lot of Earth, you know, once the moon moves into, and of course, we've got Uranus and Jupiter both in Taurus, then the moon will be in Taurus, uh, making this full moon eclipse opposite the Scorpio stellium that we have. And the ruler of this of this lunation is Venus, who is in deep connection to Ceres. And for me, this has been, this is a really beautiful ending to grab our scythe and to shear away. This is the end and the death of a season. And that season is the 18 month ecliptic portal that we've been through. It's actually two years. I shouldn't say 18 months because we got a, we, we, we've had these, you know, ends, these previews, you know, this, we, we had, um, so two years ago we had, the preview eclipse in Taurus and then now we're having the final eclipse in Taurus and then that 18 months in between. So it has been around two years. So, you know, for me and Ceres is the death mother and, you know, this is around what are you, what have you harvested? And again, really 
really interesting with this is this is what I'm talking about here is Venus, the ruler of this this moon. She is in an exact sextile to Ceres. And so for me, this is around the full crop, the death, the dying. It's like a homecoming at the same time. And what's even more remarkable is the deacon that this full moon is in. So it's it's in the it's in Deacon One of Taurus. And of course, right now we are in Deacon One of Scorpio. So Deacon One of Scorpio is Lord of Disappointment. Deacon One of Taurus is Lord of Worry. So we're working with the Five of Cups for Deacon One of Scorpio, where the sun is. And we're working with the Five of Pentacles, where Deacon One of Taurus is, where this full moon will happen. So this full moon is around this sacred doubt, but it's also around earth ritual, surrendering, anchoring messages, and asking, have you learned from your mistakes? So this is what I think is quite final in this, is that the ruler of this of this moon, she's talking to Ceres, this death mother, this death doula, and asking us to grab that scythe and look at what we've harvested over the last 18 months. What have you learned? What have you grown? What has died? What are you closing out? Are you sad? Are you exhausted? Really paying attention to your body. I mean, Taurus is the ultimate somatic work you know it's the most physical that there is because it's fixed earth it's in the body so paying attention to your body and of course venus is in virgo you know virgo again is health and tending to our physical health so i think that that's also really fascinating yeah and then ceres is actually in scorpio with the rest of the bloody scorpio planets right so so there's something really, you know, there's something, there's something magic and sublime around closing something out, looking back, harvesting, harvesting your crop and, you know, bringing it back down to the bones, to the bare bones like winter. You know, this can be our inner winter. And then for the next two weeks, even though, of course, it's spring down under and autumn up, up, up in the northern hemisphere but the thing is is that for me this feels like a winter season because we're closing out a two two year pretty much a two-year portal of the Taurus and Scorpio which was the love and death nodal portal that I you know I coined because it has been a lot of death just think about the last two years there has been a lot of death and this continues obviously with Saturn in Pisces for the next bit of time as well but what we're seeing is you know, I feel like we get that scythe and we cut, we cut away. And I think the fact that Mars is in Scorpio, so, you know, incisive in a way that he's so direct and ruthless, um, but passionate, but courageous and tenacious because this full moon opposes. So at the same time, so this full moon is actually opposite Jupiter in Taurus. Jupiter expands everything that it touches. Okay, so Jupiter's in Taurus. No, so sorry, the full moon is conjunct Jupiter. I've got I don't have any visual in front of me, so I'm getting all of this out from my my notes. Jupiter is in Taurus, expanding the full moon. So this is this is big. This is making everything a bit bigger than Ben Hur. This is blowing things out of proportion. Okay, now both of them, 
both Jupiter and the full moon lunar eclipse are opposite the sun, of course, because that's why it's a lunar eclipse, but opposite the Mercury-Mars conjunction in Scorpio. So again, it's like sometimes we've got to be ruthless with our own selves. And I think that that's what the seasons show us. Death and dying is natural. Growth and renewal is natural. You know, this is a time of, uh, you know, like the, the equinoxes bring us back to balance. The solstices give us the equal, um, the, the extended either too much, you know, longer night or longer light. Um, you know, we come back to the earth's reference points. We live on the earth. Okay. That's where we live. And the solstices and equinoxes give us these signatures, these reference points. And so, you know, we can be taught by the seasons and this season of death and dying, even though actually this is a North node lunar eclipse, it's still the final eclipse in this axis. So we may feel like a physical, like, oh, you know, like maybe it's oh, sound. Hello, Taurus rules the voice, the throat singing, sound, mantra, screaming. Like it doesn't matter what you do. There's no right or wrong. Just, you know, you know, getting things out of your body, getting it out and purging. And so with with this full moon opposite this Mercury-Mars conjunction, you know, this is ouchy, ouchy, watch the forked tongue, watch the conversations that you're going to be engaged in, especially over this weekend and into early next week. Okay, this sort of takes us right through. Um, the conjunction is exact over this weekend, of course, on Eclipse, it just happens to be like that. We're on Amethyst Day, which is about you will be fucking humbled if you choose to bark up the wrong tree, yeah? And you've got to even ask yourself, like, is this conversation really worth it? Is saying what I think I need to say, am I that invested in it? And that's where, you know, going right back to the beginning of this podcast, it's sort of like if someone shares something that you don't agree with, you don't actually have to tell them. You know, they don't care. It doesn't matter. If I, I, I don't think I'd ever get off Facebook or fucking Instagram if I had to tell everyone all the shit that I don't agree with because it, it, how was anyone ever meant to be you? You know, not everyone is you, right? So, so. So be very mindful over this weekend and into the early week, like pretty much till until my next podcast with you guys, that you're not biting for the sake of biting. You know, Mercury and Scorpio. So Mercury and Sag, there's a real difference. Mercury and Sag is blunt because they are truth tellers. Mercury and Scorpio wants to sting. Okay. And they can sting with their words. And that is the scorpion archetype. This isn't a fucking direct thing at any person. I don't care if you've got Mercury and fucking Uranus. I don't care. The thing is, is that astrology isn't a person. You, you, when you talk about the archetypes, because I have all this, I love my blah, blah, blah. Yeah, great. Great. If you need to justify that and you can't see your shadow, that's on you. Okay. That is on you. All signs are fucking magical, all of them, but they also have dark as well. But the thing is, is that astrology is archetypes. Astrology is mythology. Astrology is cosmology. It's not because someone is this, they are that. If you're describing a sign or a placement due to someone you know, you've missed it. That's that's not what astrology is. Can we experience that? Absolutely. Can we use that as a great teaching tool? For sure. You know, for sure. 
But Mercury is the planet of communication and Scorpio stings. The higher evolved Scorpio, of course, becomes the phoenix, becomes the eagle. You know, it moves from the lower denomination or, you know, Scorpio is the only archetype that transforms uh, when we look at its actual symbology of the scorpion. Some people put the snake there as well. Then we've got the the eagle, the higher perspective, very, very spiritual Scorpio traits. And then we move to that phoenix of rebirth, which I think on some level all Scorpio energy is the phoenix, but it's is it just from scorpion to phoenix or or where do they attain the eagle, the eagle eye view, the, the new perspective that just think about an eagle, right? Like it's pretty magical. The, 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 the liquid crystal for eagle is gold and gold is remarkable. Hello. Like it's, it's remarkable. So, so you want to watch the words that you say, especially if you've got stuff in Scorpio or Taurus or Aquarius or Leo. I mean, this is our, like, I want to say that this is our final hurrah. Like, like I said, you know, fixed signs were being fucked up the ass for so, so long. Um, We all bent over and took it. And, you know, when we had Saturn in Aquarius, Jupiter in Aquarius, and then we've had this nodal axis, we've got Uranus in Taurus, Jupiter's in Taurus now, which is really quite delicious. But, you know, but the thing is, is that with this nodal axis and the eclipses being on these fixed signs, I mean, it just really amplified everything that's been going on for us heavy fixed charts for the last uh, couple of years. I mean, look, I, I, we can't get too excited. Pluto's going to move into Aquarius for 20 years and all the fixed fuckery has a whole 20 year cycle because Pluto will be either hitting Aquarius planets, opposing Leo planets or squaring Taurus and motherfucking Scorpio planets. So we are not out of the woodworks. You know, the poor, the poor cardinal signs have all been through it because they've just had Pluto, you know, demolishing them in, in Capricorn and, you know, fixed signs. We come out of this fuckery onto the next fuckery. But, but the thing is, is my, my, my heeding here is, is Mercury and Mars together. Mars is the planet of anger and war. And whilst he will give us the courage to be ruthless, to cut away what no longer needs to be cut away. So whatever is dying, whatever is falling away, look, this could be habits, relationships, career ideals, money, um, shit in your house. Like maybe your house is going, it needs a renovation. You know, this, this could be literal. It could be emotional. It could be mental. It could be physical. It could be relational. Whatever's falling away, allow it to. You know, this is the final hurrah. And there's real liberation in being able to do that. There's real liberation and freedom in having the courage to be able to do that. And that's why I love Mars in Scorpio, because Mars is going to give us the courage to do that. He's going to penetrate. He's going to protrude. He is going to force. He is going to do what he needs to do and really give us that tenacity and that resilience to keep moving forward. And, and you know, whilst I see Mars in Aries is like forward, Mars in, in, in Scorpio is deep. So we're going deep and wide, you know, we're moving forward, but we've got to go down, you know, we've got to go into the darkness and hello, we're in Scorpio season, you know, like Mercury's there, we're thinking about these things, you know, it's, it's, it's broody, it's moody, like it's, it's emotional and as it should be, you know, it's, it's an emotional sign. Scorpio is very emotional and there's that tenderness that's there with the Scorpio essence, right? And so that's why you want to watch your words over the weekend. Watch the conversations that you're going into. Is it better to be in silent power? Go and get yourself that book. If you haven't read it, it is a cracker of a book. It's really easy to read. 
um, and it can show you how, yeah, like how in stillness and in silence power is felt. Again, something that I was writing about in my post if you haven't checked it out today. So on Instagram. So, you know, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at in my journey is less is more. Um, the people that constantly say things and with, you know, all the things that are going on and not only in the world but in Australia and all the things, it's just, it's just shh. You do not need to give your opinion on every micro thing that happens. When is, you know, I know maybe you're bored and you don't have anything else to do, but seriously, like there is so much more power in silence often um, than loud. You know, that's the whole thing, right? Like when someone screams at you and yells at you, for me, I switch off. I'm like, you know, I've got Mars in Taurus. Like uh, that's me just like I have zero time for that. I'm not listening to, I will listen to, a structured, grounded, disciplined conversation. Um, even if it's if it, even if it's critiquing me, I just don't have time for abuse. Um, and yelling doesn't change anything. Screaming and forcing your opinions and your beliefs and your if you don't do this, you're that. If you do this, you're that. If you voted this, you're that. If you voted this, you're that. No, everything that you're saying is completely wrong <laughs> because. Life isn't just this or that. Life isn't just black or white. Life isn't just yes or no. Life is nuanced and life is very, and if you can find that center and that fucking sweet spot, let me tell you, darlings, come to my world. Come and join me here. It's fucking quiet. (laughs) Even when I see all this stuff, there's quiet. Um, It's liberating. It's freedom. I take responsibility for my own energy and my own reactions and responses. I'm not constantly triggered. Well, I'm barely ever triggered, so I'm not triggered. I'm not forcing things onto other people. I have nothing to convince anyone of ever, even with astrology. Like if you don't believe it, cool. Like that's okay. I live it, so I don't need you to believe it. So the thing is is that the people that are trying to convince are always the people I walk away from or unfollow. I just I, I can't I just can't be bothered. Like it's boring. Um, and with Mercury and Mars together for a little while, like, we want to watch our words. I've already done a post on this as well on Instagram and Facebook. Um, head over to read some more words on. Um, it's got the big pomegranate on it um, as we go into Hades land. And I've got some more words on that. But that's, that's, a, that's a prime part of this eclipse, unfortunately, is that lots of words, lots of anger, lots of heat, lots of fire, um, lots of emotions, lots of water, lots of passion, lots of tension, But it's the culmination and the closing out of a full two-year cycle, 18-month cycle of this nodal axis. So make sure that you're choosing in conversations wisely, choosing where you want to invest your energy. You know, what you focus on grows. And with this full moon in Taurus, you know, there's this element of, of course, really releasing old contracts, you know, and, and asking yourself, because the moon is also uh, trine Lilith, so the full moon will be trine Lilith and trine Juno, and also sextiling Saturn, separating, but sextiling Saturn. So there's something, again, that's really grounded because Lilith and Juno are both in Virgo. So, again, we're, we're anchored in at the moment. We've got Virgo, Lilith, and Juno all in Virgo, um, all in Virgo. Obviously, the moon, the full moon eclipse will be at five degrees of Taurus. So check out any points, you know, those early degrees of Taurus. You're really closing out um, wherever that is in your chart and whatever planets that touches, that full moon touches, you know, that will be amplified. Um, We've also, of course, got Jupiter and Taurus. Jupiter is conjunct this full moon eclipse. 
Uranus is also in Taurus, not conjunct the eclipse. Um, and Pluto is in Capricorn. So there is a lot of earth going on. So the, the invitation is to get in the body and actually the five of cups, I'm sorry, the five of pentacles. So we're in the five of cups because we're in the deacon one of Scorpio season. Like I said, this is deacon one, Lord of disappointment, the tower. And of course, the major arcana that goes with Scorpio is the death card. So five of cups is around mourning and celebrating, facing your fears, emotional severity. When you look at that five of cups um, image, yeah. Um, and then the five of pentacles is where this lunar eclipse is happening in Deacon One of Taurus. And even within that, the invitation is to A, ask for help if you need it. It's getting on the earth. It's surrendering to the things that no longer align with you. It's asking, have you learnt your lessons? You know, it's it's the Lord of worry. So it's asking you to let go of worry, let go of doubt and really lining up with, you know, with, with, with Saturn here involved. This is really anchoring and grounding. You know, we can have the opportunity to really, again, the anchoring, which is what the five of pentacles is around, the anchoring, the messages that you have received over this past 18 months. Grab the scythe, cut away what no longer serves you and anchor in the new revelations, new perspectives, new ideas around stories, trauma, money, success, desire, pleasure, passion, death, rebirth, like all those Taurus and Scorpio themes, you know, what what is landing in your body? What do you feel in your cells now as we close this out? What have you learned? What is sacred to you? What are you devoted to? And again, the sacredness and the devotion as the moon trines Juno, asking for this loyal commitment. The moon trining Lilith, tap into your sovereignty, come back to your organic natural state, which is and what hopefully you have learned from the North Node in Taurus. Less is more, where there is complication, ego, simplicity, God, fine-tuning fine your life, changing your perspectives and getting your priorities right, all very Taurian things. Getting back to the simple life, finding pleasure in just the food that you eat with your partner. You know, I, I just made Joel a cup of tea before I, I came back from my walk. I went for an early walk this morning at like 530 um, and I came back and, and, you know, everyone's, you know, got stuff going on and I just wanted to sit with my husband before he went to work and say, Hey, do you want a cup of, cup of tea? And he's like, yeah. And we just sat for 40 minutes before he left for work for the day. And like, I'm crying because it's that, that is something that I've always nurtured, not only in my marriage, but in my life, um, the small moments, as, as you know, as, as corny as it sounds, are the best. And I think because I am such a Taurus, I just live my whole life like that. It's not something I haven't had to have a wake-up call and have something happen in my life that's traumatic for me to change. Um, I haven't had to have an illness or a death. I am very well-versed in grief but and I have lost people, but it wasn't that death that changed my perspective because I've always lived like this and I still cry just being able to sit with my husband and have a cup of tea before he goes to work for the day. You know, that is, these moments are rich. And that is what the Taurus North Node has been 
you know, that is the evolution. And if you've, if you've learned that over the past couple of years, which I know a lot of people have, you know, we are seeing that everywhere, you know, every people are changing. People are waking up. People are realizing what's really important. And there are so many that aren't, you know, I still think it will be the minority who are, and that's okay, you know, but finding these moments and relishing them, um, you know, flowers, birds. I mean, when I walked across the road yesterday on my walk, literally a, a, a magpie was right on the path and he sung to me, just did that, just literally, he stared me in the face and he sung that to me and then that was it. And that was our, that was our meeting. And this might seem trivial to most people or no one cares, or maybe you don't even notice that shit. And, and that's cool. Like that's, that, that's, you know, you, you do you, I do me. But these are the things that still bring me to my knees, you know, still humble me. And humility isn't what we think it is. And I write about this in my 2024 kit because I unpack amethyst um, as one of the liquid crystals. And again, I'm so fucking blown away that this month we have the reflection of all of 2024 because it's the month of the dog in that um, disharmonious uh, connection to the month of the dragon, um, the year of the dragon um, and amethyst, this full moon lunar eclipse in true reflection of the whole of the year. Like you cannot make that shit up. You just can't. Like honestly, this stuff blows me away and it humbles me. It humbles me time and time again. You see me in sessions with clients where, you know, I've done all my prep work and we're talking and then something else lands and I'm just like, oh my God, look at this. Like, look at this that's happening. Like I still get that excited. Um, so there's a real deep reverence to this full moon. Okay. And I really want to, you know, end this conversation on that. The reverence, not only should we have reverence for eclipses, of course, not only should we have reverence for life, <laughs> you know, um, and respect for all of life and, and, and all of humans, all humans deserve to live um, free of, you know, free of what is going on right now. It is, it's absolutely uh, heartbreaking to know um, what's happening now and to see it and to, to, to not turn away from it. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I don't have a lot of words. I just have heart. That's, that's all, that's all I have. And, you know, and I choose to live, you know, I choose to live. Um, but I, I, I just want to end this by saying reverence, you know, reverence for this full moon Taurus eclipse at five degrees, you know, uh, early hours of Sunday morning here in, in Australia. So ultimately, um, I don't think we have a visual of it either here in Australia, but ultimately we will feel that and, you know, that will then play out for the rest of the day because the, the, the moon will actually stay in Taurus um, all day Sunday and Monday um, into Monday. And so we're going to have Taurus there, uh, the moon then hit Jupiter exactly and then hit Uranus exactly. So, you know, like I shared in my Eclipse Masterclass, if you've watched that, Taurus I'm sorry, lunar eclipses are more common man. Like they, they connect more to the earth, to us humans. So if we didn't see, you know, uproar with the solar eclipse, which was very much more around kings and queens and things like that, um, you know, we might, we might feel this one on a more personal level. Uh, we already are, obviously, because look, what, well, look what's going on in the world. So there is some big feelings and some big vis visceral things that we are actually witnessing. Um, 
but be gentle. You know, I'm going to swim in the ocean. I haven't had an ocean swim yet and I am going down the Gold Coast to see my family and I'm getting my body in the ocean on that full moon eclipse. The tide will probably be high, motherfucker. And I am going to swim and cleanse my soul. And, you know, that will be the healing balm for me is getting in the ocean. And that, uh, you know, that's that's what's going to happen for me. And I just, no matter what we do on Sunday, I highly recommend, you know, a deep bow to yourself in honor of what you have just overcome or been through, especially for the past couple of years with this uh, eclipse axis and give yourself some deep reverence and also get to mother nature. You know, the moon is exalted in Taurus. It's where she loves to be. She thrives in Taurus. So we want to, we want to honor that. We want to really honor that earth mama, you know, when I was saying that cancer is just like, yeah, the earth mama and, 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 you know, feeding and nourishing the earth. Remember cancer rules the moon, you know? So this is where this, um, and I know this, I have a Taurus sun and a cancer moon and I feel, and maybe that's why my deep, deep, deep soulful connection to the earth comes from, um, that I feel my feet sprouted, uh, you know, like that I'm just sprouted and the roots go really, the tendrils go really, really deep into the earth. So I, I highly recommend, yeah, voice, singing, chanting, watch your words, watch that, that forked tongue, watch the conversations you choose to engage in, be very responsible for your energy, be very responsible for your reactions, be very responsible for your emotions. Everything will be heightened. Jupiter is going to make this bigger. <laughs> you know, we're going to feel this, feel this full moon, um, and we can already feel it building, darlings. You know, we can already feel it. So travel really well over this next week, really gently, really tenderly with kindness and compassion. <sighs> Drop into your heart and move into the, to the simple things and enjoy your life. You are alive. <laughs>